This is an Alternerd Reality Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alternate Reality Podcast. This is a podcast for all things nerdy, all things gaming, basically all things awesome. I am Chewburger84, returning as your host for this week's episode of Gaming News. It is the 27th of March for context when we're doing this. And the other half of this dynamic duo for this week, it is Dehooch. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing pretty good. Get ready to talk about some gaming news. Hell yeah. Uh, so we are without Hebrew today, uh, unfortunately. Um... He had one of the seven TVs in his house fall on him this week. Um, he's learning the ability to walk again. Uh, so hopefully he's back with us next week. Um, so yeah, get better, buddy. Hope you're all good. So uh, that's obviously not true. But yeah. So. <laughs> like, yeah, please make sure that everybody knows that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we start getting a GoFundMe in his name or some shit. Which, oh, you know, please. the amount of times him. that happens. Yeah, let's not give him any more money so he can buy more shit. Yeah, he's fine. Let's just have a go for me for us for having to put up with his shit every week. I think that's the real, <laughs> the real victims in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this might be let's a do pretty some... boring week because we're just going to agree with everything. I don't know. I mean, I could I could shit on whatever you want just to make you feel like he's here if you want. <laughs> it's all fine. <laughs> all right, let's get the shameless shilling out of the way, ladies and gents. Uh, if you are enjoying what we're doing, make sure you tell your friends about this pod because nerds trust other nerds more than anything else. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the pod. Uh, I can't stress enough how much those uh, ratings really help other people find the pod. It's kind of hard getting noticed as a little pod uh, in 2021 because everyone's doing it now. So yeah, is what it is. And look, if you really want to help out the show, because Hooch and I keep spending too much money on video games, <laughs> uh, head to patreon.com forward slash ANR pod. And we love talking to you on the Discord, discord.me forward slash ANR. Let's get straight to it. So much on. Let's start off with the inevitable stuff got delayed conversation, because that is just the theme of every week we talk on this pod right now is something's getting delayed. And there's two out of the gate. This is a big one, though. Back for blood is this now back hurts. until october 12 yeah this one really hurts because i had pigeonholed or penned in july as far as like okay no matter what else happens we're gonna have back for blood in july so i'm gonna shoot zombies with my friends and get guns and get really cool shit and damn it now i have to wait till october see that's kind of the you hit the hell the nail on the head for why this one cut so deep it was the first real multiplayer game of this year that i was like i can't wait to play this with people because yeah i'm not in that mmo space right now like i've always had kind of an mmo type game that i played with people and really loved you know those moments of just kicking back doing the grinding stuff you know during the week talking bullshit and then getting together to do some sort of you know raid or content whatever so this is the first one this year. I was like, okay, that's going to be the thing that we're all going to play together and talk shit, maybe get back into streaming, do some videos together. And then it's like, nope, October 12th. So look, yeah, I'm sure it's for good reasons. Um, with that game, it's all about gameplay because I don't think they're doing a story mode, right? I'm not 100% certain. Like, what are they going to be doing? I think it is all just multiplayer or um, like based on that where it, there isn't a lot of like story tied in except for stuff that you do in a multiplayer environment. Similar to mm -hmm. like, uh, what was it? Left for Dead. Yeah, I think it's just that. I think it's just the multiplayer experience. So the fact that it's been delayed by that many months, it probably makes me a little bit more worried than a lot of other games, mate. Because with all the other games, you're like, well, they're trying to do story. They're trying to get balance. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. 
with this, it's only really like a one mode kind of thing. So mm -hmm. if there's a core mechanic that's not where it's supposed to be now, uh, is it going to be like, is that enough of a delay? So I'm a little bit concerned this will be a 2022 bump. Uh, I think is what I'm what I'm getting at. Oh God, I hope not. I'm I'm actually hoping it's just kind of a thing where they looked at it and they said, "Hey, it's almost where we need it to be, but not quite there." There's one more. There are a couple of more tweaks that need to happen. Again, I have, don't have any insight into what's going on with that game in particular. This is just me speculating and hoping that this was the case. So then that way we don't have to sit through another delay. Yeah. The, the one plus is there is another beta or alpha or whatever coming up that we are going to get in the interim. That kind of leads me to believe that they want another crack at kind of like what people think of the game. They've gotten a little further and they're like, we're almost there. Let's see one more time what people think. Well, it could blow out the other way though. That's the problem with these situations, right? Is that like, if you get into that beta, I mean, look at what happened to uh fucking new world on yeah. steam. Like I still actually should go and refund that game. Cause I mean, it's been pre-ordered now for like, it was supposed to be out. Was it July last year? Uh, was it that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was July last year. I think it was actually delayed before that too. Like I think it was supposed to be early last year. And now we have no idea when that game's going to release at all. Um, you yeah. know, which would be a two for two failure rate at um, Amazon Studios, Amazon. as we've discussed before. So yeah, you just don't know. Because I mean, then you look at the second delay we're talking about, which is exactly what happened there, which was Humankind. Uh, got some beta feedback recently that a lot of people were like, yeah, this ain't so good, bro. And apparently it was concerning enough to the developers that they've gone, okay, this was only about a month away, but now we're going to go for uh, August. So Back for Blood yeah. got bumped to October 12th, which is not as big a delay for them, really. But Humankind getting bumped that far back, that's interesting. Because this is this is the game that's kind of like a civilization style, or they call it a 4X strategy game. Um, mm -hmm. That, yeah, I, I, I need to go back and read the feedback that was left to them, to be honest. But they're saying that, yeah, based on feedback, they now need time. And you don't... I, if, you're, if you're talking like that, there's no way four months is going to be that quickly do you know what i mean uh i mean it de it depends you know i've seen enough games where you'll you take that additional time like you you put it out and you think that the game is going to play a certain way people are going to play the game a certain way and mm -hmm. then you realize ooh, they're not playing it this way they're playing it this other way and then you take it back like what can we do to address this can we even address this or do we need to completely change how we approach this particular feature or maybe this particular game mode or whatever so it can support what the fan feedback was so my hope is that they pushed it to august 21 august 2021 because they've recognized that what we need to do with this similar to with back for blood aren't making sweeping major sweeping changes but mm -hmm. it's significant enough to where we can't just say tweak this one thing tweak that other thing and then we can ship it out the door Mm -hmm. so there's there has to be time to come up with a idea of what they're going to change iterate on it make sure it it, it fits and can do and, and addresses the feedback that they have test it and then you know polish it up and then get it out the door mm -hmm. so i think what is what are we talking about four months of additional time yeah that as I said, that's why i think it's just it's not something major but they felt it was enough to where they're like yeah we feel like we can do this. It also might be just the fact that the developer is like, hey, uh, we really want to make this as perfect as we possibly can. If there's any minor, if there's any feedback that we think could be 
you know exponentially uh grown exponentially when the game comes out we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna fix it so i'm actually looking at the expanded blog post because in the original article it didn't reference this but i thought i'd see if Ooh. i could find it so i'm actually looking at it now so this is actually quite impressive like i, I haven't seen too many places do this of sort of really explaining what the feedback was in depth and what they're looking at like i this is like several pages of text long mate this is okay. this is impressive to read so they're saying that uh, one of the main criticisms given to them was pacing and balancing. That obviously with mm-hmm. Civ games, you go through like all the different errors. So it looks like yep. some of the errors for certain races or, you know, factions were kind of like not great. So for example, someone's okay. bronze age or whatever equivalent might have sucked. But while their tech age was great, you know, so there's like all these issues with uh, pacing and balancing. So a lot of it here is talking about uh, research costs apparently a lot of people didn't really use that feature as much because you know some of those were considered too expensive rather mm-hmm. than just building an army or whatever um, so they've got a lot of different subtexts there's like eight different areas that fall under pacing and balancing that were a problem so it seems like they've just got major balancing issues which for a pvp driven game is probably a pretty big deal so yeah there's yeah. that the diplomacy options apparently weren't working very well um, so they're saying that needs some work onboarding they're saying that the tutorials were basically non-existent and players who had mm-hmm. never really played this style of game before were coming in going i'm sorry i do what now what's this what's this currency what's this metric yeah which i have to admit like i've played a lot of civ style games civ does it pretty good but there are other ones where i go like games like i think it's still was stellaris one of those games Stel- or was it homeworld one of those one of those sort of ballpark games where like I remember logging in and going, I have no idea what half of this is. And just, it was mm-hmm. so complex to overcome. So it's good they're addressing that. And then the UI apparently is just very challenging to read and use. So they've got a lot of things that they want to uh, fix there. So it's good that they've polish. come out with the list and they're actually explaining what it is they're going to polish and work on and, and rebuild. So maybe four months is enough. I mean, they seem to be well aware of what the specifics of issues are. It's not as yeah. vague and wishy-washy as a lot of these announcements get. So yeah. Hopefully, uh, good news in both cases in the long run if we get the right guess. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, we also saw the new trailer for Kenna come out yesterday, K-E-N-A, uh, which is this mm-hmm. very Raya the Last Dragon looking version of a video game uh, with a lot more gameplay. This game looks stunning. Yes. Oh my yeah, it, God. It's a freaking Pixar movie that you're playing. I've seen Pixar movies that look worse than this. Like if they <laughs> if they pull off those, like because I I looked at it and said, could you imagine if they made this as the next Breath of the Wild? Like holy <laughs> shit! If it looked like that, man, I I don't. I, you and I were saying we had some concerns. I think last week about like the graphic fidelity leap forward of these games and how in this so far you know part of it we're a little bit concerned about what we're seeing from some of these new games. They still very much mm-hmm. feel old gen. This is the yep. first one in a while I've looked at and went, there it is. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I think a lot of it, COVID hit and impacted a lot of things. But this is the first console generation that I remember seeing where it's taken this long yeah. for us to start seeing games that are starting to take advantage of the more, the, the power of the new consoles. You know, you've seen stuff be upconverted from the previous gen. And that's, mm-hmm. like, I think that's the other thing. Like there's, a lot of that still hanging on to the old gen. And it, it, a big part of it is because the delay and the chip delay, and we'll talk about that later, but as far yeah. as not having the ability to get the consoles into the hand of the players, mm-hmm. gaming the gaming companies look at that and go, just the, the market share is not there. 
Yeah. Right? There's, there's no there's just there's no demand to get the numbers that we want in order to dedicate this much time to going to the next generation. Yeah. And and look, leaning into that conversation as well that we've been having a lot recently, which is about Sony, right? And saying they really need this and a lot of games like this to be like so stunningly, you know, uh, visually appealing, really in-depth or lovable gameplay. Like this looks like it has a lot of the beats of that, you know, magical little recipe of what they need to really kick off, you know, the desire for PS5 again, you know, in the just yeah. gargantuan Titanic that is Xbox Game Pass. Cause they've just been Ooh. every week Game Pass is just like, like my dick cannot get any harder hooch. If they make one more big <laughs> announcement, seriously, I'm gonna need to see a physician and get a reduction. Cause it's crazy. It's insane yeah. how much of a role they've been on. And then of course you look at it and go, well, if it looks that good here though, remember there is a PC version. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say that like part of me is like, well, I really want to play stuff on my PS5, but it's a single player game, number one. Mm -hmm. And my, my computer is more powerful than my PS5. So if it looks that good on PS5, how good is it going to look ray traced? Um, how good is it going to look with all that? But the question is, is it just going to be a PC port? If it's a PC port, then I'll just stay on, on the PS5. Yeah. Well, that's the other question, right? Your PC has more power, mm -hmm. but does your monitor have a better resolution than your TV? Good point. Good point. Yeah. No, I won't be able to get 4K 120, but we don't know if this is there a 4K 120 title yet. But you are right. That there. was what I was... I'm still waiting for that perfect 4K monitor, right? I'm st I mean, this is, yeah. this is sort of the best of the generation of the you know, 144 refresh, one millisecond um, IP panels that was for the, you know, 1080 or 250, what is it? 25, whatever, by 1440 or whatever it was. So... Oh, that's uh, 2K. 2K, there you go. So that, that's what I've got. I've got one of the old um, ROGs and I've loved this monitor. It's, it's definitely the best monitor I've ever had. So until I just haven't seen anything at a reasonable price point that has, you know, all of those same things that I really want, but in 4K. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said a few times on the pod, I'm probably going to skip this generation, wait for the 8K monitors and 8K graphics cards because I probably couldn't buy a graphics card if I wanted to, you know? No, you, you can't. <laughs> no. Not possible. Um, this game, I don't think I knew it existed two months ago, but it's probably in, it's definitely in my top 10 for the year so far of if this comes out, it, it's it just looks like it ticks a lot of the boxes of things I would like. Yeah, exactly. Like the first time they, they talked about it was that trailer that they showed and everybody is just jaw dropping. Yeah. You had no idea that this game was coming out. There's no buzz about it. And then all of a sudden it just comes out and goes, hey guys, I'm here. What the fuck are you? And those little hints that <laughs> but, it's deeper than we think too. Like those little cute creatures yeah. that are sort of popped up in the trailers a few times. This is the first time I looked at it and said, oh shit, you use them a little bit in the games too. Because you can see them like moving mm -hmm. stuff for puzzles. So yep. it, it kind of seems like, you know, you might have your own little minions to achieve things and how they do that and how the skill trees work. But look, the combat looked like very good. The combat animations were stunning in that trailer. Um, the world was yes. probably one of the most beautifully um, designed things I've seen for, for quite a while. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see more of this game. Well, real quick, one of the other things that I'm noticing about a lot of the games that are being showcased on the next-gen consoles mm -hmm. is that it's it's the frame rate that kind of gives it that extra this looks really good because it's moving very smoothly mm -hmm. uh, and i saw a lot of that in 
the video for Canada, even when you're watching it on like a 1080p stream on YouTube, right? Yeah. <laughs> it still has, you can still see that, okay, this thing is running at a good 60 frames per second, if not higher, but I can't see it at higher because the video is only at 60 frames per second. Now, that's such a great point. And it leads me on to another story I sent you this week was the Bloodborne thing. Did you watch that? Yes. Oh, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but I'm okay. not surprised. Let me paint you a word picture. So what we saw this week was a video came out of Bloodborne, which was, I'm not a Souls game guy, but it's the one that I thought aesthetically mm -hmm. and vibe, I loved spending some time in that universe. Like it was a really, really good mm -hmm. game in, in so many ways. And I thought quite visually great for what it was, but being that it is a little bit older, people have said, look, you're not going to get a PS5 version of this because it's too hard to go back and redo yeah. everything because it's a little bit too old now. And everyone was just like, okay, fine. Yep. But a couple of nerds got together and went, do you know what? Fuck it. We can make this happen. We don't need, we don't need shit. <laughs> so what these guys have done, and it's incredible, is that they've released this gameplay footage of them playing Bloodborne in full 4K, 60 frames, with, I think, some tracing in there as well, from what I'm seeing, right? And all they've done is used AI upscaling to make it happen. And it looks stunning. Like, I, I, I wish I could play that version. And you're right in what you said before. It is the frame rate that leaps off the page. Because those Souls games, frame yeah. rate is everything. When those frames drop, you die, right? Because that, yep. that rhythm's yep. a little bit off. It doesn't look, you know, you're kind of, is he hitting there? Is he not hitting there? For me, the performance is everything. And if you can have 4K fidelity so you can see exactly where something's going with such a you know fast twitch muscle fiber game like a Souls game, uh, yeah, I, it looked incredible. So I think the more performance-based uh, improvements we can have for games like that are going to make a major difference if they can incorporate this sort of stuff for the next generation. It, it's amazing how much this AI upscaling is starting to be discussed, mate. Yeah, uh, it just, again, I, I haven't looked too much into the AI upscaling, but in general, just the fact that you can use it to take an old game that the developer probably wouldn't put any time in and then turn around and give, create something that could breathe new life into the game, especially with people. Like who wouldn't want to go back and play Bloodborne again on PS5 at 60 frames per second? Oh, 100%. I, I'd probably give it a much more red hot go to try and finish it. You know, if, if it wasn't yeah. that kind of performance and looked that good. Uh, absolutely. Because, I mean, we we're talking about this sort of technology earlier in the year. You might remember in regards to, I think, was it Zoom? It was, uh, one of, it was one of the communication softwares where they were having a lot of trouble with, like, really bad performance and, like, the videos were coming through yeah. all grainy. And then what they were doing is applying um, AI upscaling using NVIDIA to just, like, really kind of give you what looked like, you know, HD camera work on the other side but actually wasn't from its source. Like it was literally just AI upscaling the image on the far side to save on data packets. So basically say, mm. well, you don't have the connection to get that kind of visual appearance on the other side. We're going to use AI to kind of predict it, if you will, and send that message mm. across in a much lower bandwidth to make it happen. So this kind of AI upscaling is, you know, I've only really started hearing about it in the last 12 months, but it makes so much sense that rather than just re relying on raw physical processing power, this is, this is the way to go. It, it's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Now, going from two games that looked fantastic to me, one that I looked at, and, and I've seen it before where I've gone, 
okay, yeah, this is a thing. To this time looking at the trailer going, mm, I'm probably more put off than I was previously, is the Gollum trailer. The Golem video game. <laughs> this doesn't look... It looks like a game that's been delayed for too long and now it's kind of showing its age. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when something takes that long to come out and you cannot go back and do anything to the, the initial game engine to improve it, yeah, you're going to be way behind the curve when it actually finally does release. And it looks like that's what's happening here. Yeah, like I only the only way I see this game succeeding is if the lore components and the amount of like little, you know, nods to the full Lord of the Rings experience is there. Like if this is some kind of, you know, uh, the story never told about Gollum um, after he converts into Smeagol. Oh, sorry, from Smeagol. From Smeagol, yeah. I don't know this is going to succeed because, you know, if you say, hey, man, we're going to make a video game. You can be Superman. You're like, fuck yes. It's like, you can be uh, Iron Man. Oh my God. Absolutely. Hey, you can be that wrinkly little ball bag that was a character in Lord of the Rings. Pfft, why would I play that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't have that same level of appeal to me. And then looking at the gameplay, like when I see Gollum in either in my mind from the books or in the, in the movies from uh, Peter Jackson, he mm -hmm. seems like he's quite nimble. Like he's a little gross little Spider-Man that's kind of very evasive and very mobile, like a and d rogue, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The climbing and the like gripping uh, vaulting that I saw in that trailer did mm -hmm. not make him look or feel anything like that squirrely little prick, you know? Yeah. it. it it's almost like they kind of forgot who they were dealing with. Yeah. I don't know what to think about this game. Like, I want to love it because it's Lord of the Rings, but, yeah, you know, what they've said about the story, what they've said, you know, in, you know, interviews and what we've seen in these couple of trailers and the fact that it's been in production for so long, mate, and, like, that's the trailer. Like, what we yeah. just saw, that's the thing. That's when it's <laughs> apparently so close to release, even though it got delayed again recently. I, I don't know. I think there might be a bit of hot mess um, regarding that game. We'll see what happens. It feels mm. like there, it's a lot of trying to rely on the IP. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And again, you just if you're in development for too long, you sometimes have to make that decision. Is this something we want to keep doing, or do we just say, "All right, let's uh, let's cut our losses and uh, head home. Not, let's not uh, Duke Nukem this thing." Yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But yeah, hopefully good things coming in the future. Now, Outriders comes out next week. Obviously, yes. uh, I'm hyped to get it on. Well, actually, I just realized this the other day. You and I are not going to be able to play together now. What? Is it, wait, is it cross-play? I can't remember. It's cross-platform. Oh, that's fine. cross-save. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah. sorry. for me. I, I forgot all about that already. So then I take that part back. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to picking this up, mainly because I don't have to pay for it, which is good. Um, but <sighs> one of the things about this that I really, really love is that in so many games, there's no real repercussions for gaming the system or cheating, right? And mm -hmm. when they do, in some cases, figure out someone has blatantly cheated, they might go, oh, naughty, naughty, here's a 24-hour to 72-hour ban. And with some, like things that you can gain from cheating in some people's minds they're like fine i'll take a day off gaming and come back because i've still got all the gains that i made what yeah. outriders is going to do 
if they catch you cheating or manipulating a system or something like that or running an exploit until they figure it out, they're going to brand you like a cheater forever. Yeah. No. Right? <laughs> so they're describing it as a discreet but visible watermark that will be overlaid on cheaters' screens, permanently marking them as untrustworthy. <laughs> now the thing is the watermark idea is likely aimed at youtubers and streamers who might be tempted yeah. at hacking uh to accumulate click worthy amounts of high level loot like one demo player who was called out by the team after they gave themselves 600 legendary weapons during the beta <laughs> oh gosh way to fly under the radar there bud yeah now, what they're also doing, and this is big, is saying that um, as well as being branded as cheaters, they will not be able to match make against law-abiding players. They'll only be matched with other cheaters. Ooh. That's it. Now, okay, from what I remember, though, Outriders doesn't have a PvP, does it? Uh, not as far as I know. So, so yeah, that's, that's a massive penalty if you can't like play the game at all with, with yeah. that. I can't see them enforcing that 100%. I think what they'll do is they'll say, okay... We tried matchmaking you with people where, you know, they do the right thing, but we couldn't find anyone. So now you've got this guy. <laughs> but I mean, to me, it feels like it's more of the same thing I was talking about with the uh, Magic Legends, right? The only mm. person you're really hurting when you're doing cheating like that is you're hurting yourself from the experience, right? Uh, or the game having, you know, going through the game and enjoying it. But maybe that's part of the enjoyment of it is just going out and being a super badass. But I, th I think if there was a competitive element where you were playing against other players and having any distinct advantage would be a, a negative to the experience of others, then yes, that person should be branded a cheater. And I don't think enough games do that mm. when it comes to PvP. They always seem to want to do it when it comes to PvE. Well, I think it's just so much harder to do in PvP games because like PvP games normally look at that pretty early in the cycle and just go, we need yeah. to make sure anti-cheating is built in here as much as we can. And we're seeing more and more of these like, you know, anti-cheat things being tacked onto games, which a lot of the time is problematic. Like I think a lot of them tend to like really hog memory and you see like reduced performance when they're active. And then there's security questions raised that sometimes those anti-cheat programs are a little bit too pervasive that they go yeah. and you're like, you know, creep into shit that they shouldn't be touching so yeah look this is a positive step from these guys I, I, you're right though it doesn't necessarily make sense spending this much effort like it's about the gameplay would to be fantastic if this is the kind of stuff they're spending time on for sure <laughs> yeah like like if we find out you've been messing around you're putting more effort into other things in the, in the game you're gonna be mad yeah now here's a funny thing you know how they basically said that the progress from the demo is going to carry forward into the game which now yes. i think about it why am i not playing the outriders demo on xbox i need to download that shit that's a <laughs> good point <laughs> god damn it yeah i mean i've been saying all week i need to play something on the xbox and i really should do yeah. that because then i could at least have my eye in before we start right yeah yeah true, true. um so i might do that this afternoon actually yeah uh, after I finish editing all this shit. So yeah, no, I, um, I'm i hoping this game's going to be good. I really do. Oh, sorry, that's what I was saying. So with the beta, uh, you know how your progress is going to carry forward. Correct. Well, they're saying if you have been one of these people that cheated and manipulated during the beta, the choice they're giving you, if you don't want to start the real game brand that is a cheater already, you have to delete all characters and items on your entire account before you start. Ooh. Eat a dick. Well, that's funny. Well, yeah. That's what you get for cheating. Well, like I said, though, such a niche thing to do. They, this game better be good. 
uh, yeah. what I'm saying. Like if everyone says unfinished somewhere and they go, well, we spent time here instead, you know. <laughs> now, you and I both work for companies that we really like and really respect and we're, we're proud to sort of say we work here. But I will say there's a company that makes my boss look like an asshole, uh, which is a company <laughs> that decided to give every single one of their employers the day off for a Monster Hunter vacation day because they said, well... Half the staff said they were going to uh, put in for annual leave because they wanted to take the day off and play Monster Hunter Rise. And they said, well, <laughs> let's just give everyone a free day off. Let's just do it. See, that's a great company. That's recognizing – that's confidence in your product yep. and recognizing uh, not only from the, the, the CEO perspective who was like, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. But also from the fact that the employees were going to say, I'm going to take time off. It's like working at a fast food restaurant and still eating the food there. Yeah, like they're planning the vacation day. They're not doing the whole, oh, <coughs> boss, <coughs> I am uh, I can't make it in today. And almost just like, wait, is that the guy at GameStop behind you? You know, in that video call? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that it shows a lot of um, openness within the company, right? Yeah. In, in, in order for employees to feel that they were okay saying, look, I'm just going to take the day off and play the game. You know, because I spent a lot of time working on this and I want to play the game. I'm eagerly anticipating it. So it's confidence in your product, confidence, you know, if the employees are confident that they're going to have fun with it. And the CEO goes, no, you know what? The, there's no better way to promote, like, the name of the company and the game of the company than having our employees play it. Mm. Anybody who has worked for anything where you've created a product and sold a product, you know, on a mass market level realizes that if your employees are still willing to engage with the product when it comes out, then you've hit on something big. Now, this is really good. And uh, they're a VR company, I think. I think they make VR games. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, the CEO of VR company Mark On is the company. Ah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not the okay. dev. It's not the dev that did it. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay. Yeah, it's not Capcom. Okay. Yeah, Capcom's doing the opposite. They're saying everyone has to work from the office right now because one of you guys is a hacking piece of shit <laughs> that leaked all our <laughs> that leaked all our company well, info. Yeah. Well, then that takes away everything I just said. Obviously, I didn't read the article, so uh, we're gonna go back and say that's still fine. There are still a couple of points I made that that fit the yeah. company, the openness of the company, and everybody saying, "Hey, we're gonna play this game." And the company, the CEO, going, "All right, fine. You guys are gonna play the game. We know you're gonna play the game. Let's just take the day off and play the game." Yeah. No, it's it, absolutely. It's a great culture to have. And, you know, I just love that, like, the level of nerdity is rising to that point. Because, I mean, when there is these major... I can't think of the last game that this was where the entire gaming community, like, threw a sick day. I'm trying to think of what that last thing would have been. It's been a few years Ooh. since I remember a game like that where I'm like, I am taking the day off. That is that kind of game. I don't think we've seen that since, like, a WoW expansion early on. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last thing that rocked me like that. It's been a long time. I mean, maybe mm. things like the last God of War might have been in roughly at that level. Maybe. But, but do you think like yeah. multiple? I don't. I don't know if it was kind of a thing where a bunch of people. The other thing you're also dealing with the fact that because of the current you know pandemic situation and a lot of people are you know already working from home and gaming is kind of the thing we do now since it's it's a piece of entertainment now mm -hmm. you have more people who are tuned into what's going on in gaming yeah i think you're right though it must have been a game that had like mad progression like something where you want to spend that first day getting ahead of the game because otherwise you can fall back yeah. i think a lot of like maybe call of duties maybe people do this i mean if anyone's maybe. doing it for fifa pff, 
Look, take good time, look at yourself. <laughs> you know? I, I honestly, well, the rest of the world might be doing it on FIFA, but yeah. I honestly think that it hasn't been this kind of pervasive since something like, you know, Burning Crusade. Maybe. Where, I mean, and I know that's going a long way back. I mean, Wrath was pretty big for me as well, because yeah. that was obviously the Arthur storyline. But then Illidan, yeah, you're right. It'd be around that sort yeah. of era. I think I think Burning Crusade being the first expansion pack for the game that was the biggest freaking MMO mm-hmm. in history, or is still the biggest MMO in history, I think, right? Yeah. With the numbers that they've had for as long as they've had it. But at that time when Burning Crusade came out, I remember there were several people, including myself, that took the week off of work <laughs> to play. <laughs> so I leveled up my was my hunter first in that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what I did. Um, I don't think I took time off for WoW. There's definitely some games where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the day. But um, it was probably something like more story and spoilery. Do you know what I mean? Like they have mm-hmm. things where you're just like, I do not want to read about that. I need to play it oh, first. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Now, mate, while I was sleeping, Xbox did what they seem to always do on the eve of a podcast for us at the moment. Uh, they had a showcase uh, of 20 new indie games that on launch, uh, they will be pouring immediately into Game Pass on both console and possibly PC version as well. Uh, you had a chance to watch a little bit of this. Uh, what was your takeaways? Yeah, first of all, uh, people need to stop doing stuff super early in the morning. Yeah. Because uh, that's when I have all my stand-up meetings and it's hard to listen to streams while I'm in a stand-up meeting. Mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, we I know we mentioned it in the uh, what we played uh, episode and I talked about how watching this stream kind of made me realize how little I've been involved with indie games in general mm-hmm. and how there are some really good gems out there that I know plenty of people have said, hey, you should play this, you should play that, and I've just kind of ignored it. And I think the gaming world in general kind of like pushes these indie games off because they're smaller developers, but it doesn't mean they're worse. It just means mm-hmm. that usually the scope and focus of what they do is a little bit smaller, but they can turn out crap that's just as good, if not better, than a lot of the AAA titles. Yeah. So... What I was able to do was pick up a couple of items or games throughout the, some of the showcase that I saw that I think were really interesting. Uh, the first one, just because I'm a graphics whore, was a game called Exomecha, which looks like um, uh, a shooter that has like Halo kind of a vibe to it with Max. And I mean, it was really cool looking. Some of the things I picked up, first of all, obviously, was it was visually amazing. And they have a grapple hook mechanic where you can use it to just. To, swing across the uh just stick to something and pull yourself to it like a like a vehicle and you just hop in the vehicle or run at another dude so that game is but it's as i said it's mostly a shooter uh that was at a point where i came in and i didn't get a chance to, to see a whole lot about what was going on with it but what i saw looked looked amazing and obviously it, it was i'm probably going to just assume it was an xbox series x game <laughs> i didn't get to see uh, another one that was part of this whole montage that they were showing was a game called Void Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- they didn't have a lot of information on it, just a quick little trailer thing. But th- like the main premise that I kind of got from it was you you use this train and you travel through. It's like a very kind of like portal thing. And it, it, I couldn't figure out, like, was it a platformer? Is it a story-driven game? They they just didn't have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But the the visual look of it, like it wasn't like super you know intense or anything. But it still kind of had like an old school or old timey kind of vibe with the steam engines and stuff. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out and try to get some more information from it. But the the 
another game that really stood out that I liked was Art of Rally. It's a uh, racing game. And the whole idea behind it is if they weren't going flashy, they just did. It looks similar to the um, Untitled Goose game mm-hmm. in its kind of style and, and, and coloring. Uh, that mixed with a little bit of like an older, I don't say old Zelda game, like Wind Waker kind of-ish look. Mm-hmm. But apparently it got accolades from, uh, was it Car and Driver? Anyway, it was it got accolades from one of a magazine that, that's that's heavily focused, a car enthusiast magazine. And it, the game seems to be focused more on actual driving techniques and things. You, had, you saw a lot of drifting and a lot of off-road racing. So that's definitely one that I'm going to be picking up because I need a new racing game in my life. Every mm-hmm. now and then, I just need a good racing game. There was, speaking of Zelda stuff, there was a game called Craftopia, which had like a Zelda meets Fortnite kind of vibe where you're attacking and, bl- and and things in combat similar to how a Zelda game third person action would game but then you're also running around they showed a clip of you running around building stairs and things kind of like in a Fortnite vibe it was weird again not a whole lot of information on it that I could see at the time but still something that was interesting uh, they did talk about Rust console edition I know a lot of people were super excited about that uh, I, I never got into rust itself when it came out and i, I kind of know why i was watching the game the video was playing and it's one of those games where you use you have iron sights and the gun model takes up most of the screen when you bring the iron oh, sights shit, up okay. or even, i hate that like i don't want to see the gun block my view of anything yeah i can get that it'll probably happen in real life but i don't i don't want to see it uh there was are you familiar with the out of this world games that came out for the sega genesis not really Okay, it's a low-poly kind of game that was a side-scrolling platformer. But there's a game called Narita Boy. That should be out March 30th. And it's like you have like a tech sword, you have like an electro sword, very kind of 80s vibe to it. So I'm super excited about that and want to see where that one goes. Uh, They talked about... I actually got a chance to hear them talk about Hello Neighbor 2. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things about this one is in the first Hello Neighbor, when you were sneaking around in the house, the AI would learn from the things that you did and then would try to get better at predicting the things that you were going to do. They've upped the ante on this. First, they've given you a story as to why you're sneaking around at the neighbor's house, first of all. Secondly, they're using a cloud sourcing AI development. So the game not only learns from what you do, it learns from what everyone else is doing. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be able to pick up patterns and be like, oh, well, most people do this. So I'm going to check this here. And they kind of showed how that would break down from like a top down view. And they watched as the, the player would pass through the environment and how the AI would kind of react to it the first time you did it. They like it would show like one example is it would show like the player hiding in a closet and now the AI would skip that. But after a while, if enough people hid in the closet, the AI would check the closet. Right. So my first my first thought is, oh shit, great. Now not only do I have to worry about the game getting smarter, now I have to worry about smarter players making the game even smarter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's too much. Nuts. That's a great idea. Yeah. Though. I love that concept. That was way exactly. That was that was way too much. So uh, another game that I got a chance to listen to was a uh, Soup Pot. I'm not a real big fan of cooking games, but this one kind of interested me because most of the time you have a cooking game, they give you a recipe. You got to follow the recipe. Mm -hmm. This one, there isn't. 
um, the developers on it, uh, a couple of young ladies were talking about how it's very Asian-based. So how they were saying, like, when they were growing up, there was a lot of just experimentation within the kitchen of coming up with, with certain things and, and coming up with dishes and working with what you had. So they decided they wanted to extend this into gaming. So the game is more about just playing around with the ingredients you have in the kitchen and seeing what you can come up with. More so that they've even done this with kind of the achievements where they aren't kind of skill-based, where it's do this in this amount of time. It's more interesting, funny things. And one of the things they mentioned that I thought was hilarious was there's an achievement called the five-second rule. We all know what that is. Absolutely. (laughs) So they're literally encouraging you to use food you dropped on the floor. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. So uh, three more games that really stuck out to me. The first one, I don't know. There was no gameplay. All it was was, I don't I'll call it John Deere porn because they just yeah, had very high-resolution shots of various lawn mowers. Yeah. Lawn mowing simulator. No gameplay. If what you've been on lockdown this? for a year, I guess there is. I mean, this would have been like <laughs> the perfect like game during early COVID lockdown for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't understand a lot of people that play like truck driving simulator or this or whatever. It's yeah, it's, it's a lane, uh, not one that I like to drive in. Yeah, yeah. I know some people that like with the flight simulators, they get so good at them. They, they could literally fly a plane. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is like, wow, that's a level of engagement that I'm just not at. Uh, now, one of the most interesting games that I saw was a game called Loot River. It's a top down game, but it's. The catch or the gimmick is you can use your character to move platforms Mm -hmm. within the map. You can manipulate the layout to either A, get access to new areas, or B, avoid attacks from enemies, have enemies chase you, move move a platform so you don't have to engage them. You just run past them. And in some cases, you can even use the terrain to run into and kill a bunch of enemies. Uh, yeah. I didn't see anything as far as like a release date on it, but it it looked interesting, and I think I'm yeah I'm, no no because date. it's an indie yeah. game. I was looking no date. Before. Yeah, yeah. The, and the the great thing about a lot of these games is they're going to be on Game Pass for both PC and console. Like all of these games, I think are going to be on Game Pass and their cloud you, format as well. I was looking exactly. Yeah, so you're going to have the Game Pass and cloud and sorry, uh, uh, console, cloud, and PC. So mm-hmm. again, Microsoft is killing it this year with their indie support yeah. their game pass support all sorts of stuff but the final game that i saw that a trailer that get, hit me in the feels and gave me a little giggle blaster master zero three okay i didn't say that i one. i loved blaster master on the nes it was the game that i played so much or that i played through and got stuck so i actually called the nintendo power hotline oh, to shit. get help to get through the game <laughs> that's how there much is I about to play that 50% game. at least the people listening to this have no fucking idea what you just said Exactly. Yeah. Days before the internet, everybody, where you had to get your information from either a publicate a public publicated magazine that did that may or may not have had the information you needed. Don't forget about the game guides that came out randomly. Yep. Or you had to call Nintendo's hotline, which was a one nine hundred number. There you go. That's something else a lot of people may not know. One nine hundred numbers. <laughs> That's pretty insane, man. But That's yeah, pretty that, insane. Yes, uh, and um, another thing that came out of this talk was the Stalker 2 
uh, discussion and they started talking about a lot of the details. Unfortunately for that segment, I got stuck in another meeting. So I saw it running in the background, but I had to pay attention to my meeting. So I couldn't hear the interview that was going on. But really what it looks like is it's, it's gun porn because they've gone yeah. so far into the visuals for how these guns look that they're just anybody who is a, 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 a gun nut will will immediately be like, oh, yeah, this looks the way it is. It feels the way it is. But one of the crazy additions is they wanted to make their characters very distinctive in the game. And one of the ways they did so was to be able to individually change each tooth in a character's mouth. Yeah. So you could remove it. You could put a silver cap on it. You could do all sorts of other things. But you have that control at that granular level where you could do each individual tooth. And that was just kind of like, wow, that's that's crazy. I don't know if you can do that as a player, but the fact that they were able to do that as a developer to kind of add, to distinguish their characters from one another was was a nice little bit of detail. Yeah, my main question is like how much that's going to come into play. Because like, if yeah. you remember from that first game, if you played it, like half the time your characters are wearing a mask anyway. So it's like, this is, <laughs> that's this true. is you know, you could spend three hours like crafting the, p- the most perfect or the most disastrous, you know, dental situation on a human being ever, and then maybe never see it, you know, because number one, if it's a single player experience you're playing through, you're never going to look at yourself in the face, right? Yeah. Unless they really yeah. go out of their way to say, oh, look, there's mirrors everywhere you could look into if you want, <laughs> you know, a- AKA Cyberpunk 2077. They did a fair bit of that. Yes. <laughs> they yeah they love their mirrors. so yeah it's a it's a great idea i mean being able to customize a character to that level of depth is, is pretty awesome and yeah they really leaned into gun design you know they spent a lot of time showing the textures on the clothing so it seems like it's pretty early doors for that game if that's the kind of info they're putting out but yeah. um looks like a strong uh structure to build the rest of that house off of um yeah. did you see anything about that 12 minutes game I that was another one that I was very disappointed. I was in the middle of a meeting and I kind of saw out of the corner of my eye how it was talking about because initially I thought I'm like, oh, what is this a new kind of like hitman thing? And then I saw it yeah. was 12 minutes where you relive the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So it's basically like a thriller time loop sort of story where, as you say, it looks kind of hitman ish for sure. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be kind of bandersnatchy that I think it's kind of playing out, but you sort of peek in at, at certain intervals to try and change the course of what happens each time. Um, but it's James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I did see that. They had the clips for them in the game they're doing. Hey, at least they're doing good voice acting, right? Wow. <laughs> I mean, some games. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. We'll see if they make Daisy Ridley overpowered Mary Sue again. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe is scary. Yeah, I know, right? So yeah, I have to have a look, but the fact that 20 of these games are going to be day one Game Pass, I mean, it's massive. I mean, some of those big ones we spoke about, they're not going to be. But yeah. uh, I'm really going to go and have a look at this list once we get off air because I think there's a few of these, some of which are actually live now, which is really yes. weird. Like they actually launched immediately after that presentation. Uh, there's yeah. a few I want to check out. Some will look really nice. So uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Yeah. But, you know, Microsoft coming for everybody right now. I mean, if you said that the indie, you know, house of this year was going to be Microsoft and not Switch, I would not have believed you. Because, you know, that's where where indies live over the last couple of years. Because it's just such a great handheld platform for indies. If this is where they're coming, some of which might be exclusive. Microsoft just, they realized they were behind five or six years ago to the point that it was meme worthy. And have just invested in all the right areas, man. This is crazy. 
they've not only done that, but they've made it super easy for independent developers to be able to publish their products on the Microsoft platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, right time, right place, man. All right. And that's going to take us to the last story for this week's gaming news of the week. And that is Genshin Impact. I haven't played this for quite a few months now, but I was mad into it when it came out. Uh, if Hebrew was here, obviously he was a big fan of it as well. Um, yeah, it is the fastest ever mobile game to reach $1 billion revenue. That's ridiculous. I, I get it's it. It's crazy. But it's crazy. In that time frame too. Because what was this? August? So I mean, it might have even been later. It might have even been September. Was it? It's only like six or seven months. It, it, it's, a, it's a ludicrously large amount of money in such a short period of time. And the player base seems to be going strength to strength. So yeah. this is amazing. It's, uh, it's, I can completely understand why. Because it's mass appeal. It's easy barrier to entry. And uh, there is fleecing of the whales. But you can also play it free to play. And not have that much worse of an experience. So yeah. Uh, no one's surprised this is the game to do it, I suppose, but it's still a hell of a milestone in such a short yeah. period of time. Yes. Yeah. Like how how much was it how much was like were the costs to develop this game? I mean, I know obviously they've oh, more shit. Than made up for it, but Well, still. I mean the production value is always very high. Um yeah. but I don't think they were that big a team. You know, it's it's incredible. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, congratulations to the uh, the guys over there. They've it's a massive, massive deal. So and yeah, in the history books forever now. You know, I, I can't yep. see too many people getting up to speed that fast. I mean, if that game, like if Disney came out and said, oh, here's Marvel Genshin, then sure, they're, they're fucked, you know, because Ooh. oh yeah, if yeah. there was Marvel in that format, bro, it's over. <laughs> yeah, but then just play Iron Man. You don't have to climb stuff. You just fly. Yeah, but that's what makes it even more impressive. This was like a non-IP before this. Like, yeah, they had yes. a little bit of established stuff. I know it was based on, you know, things, but not to the same level of recognition. And if anything reinforces, if you if you really strike a note in that Asian market, you just win money. Like it's yeah. that's just where it is. That's where the money is, it, man. It prints money. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And then mobile as well. Like just reinforcing that, you know, mobile access. I think PUBG. Like one of the reasons it was so successful was India. Like there were so many install bases in India, which is crazy. And one of the reasons that really drove it forward from the start. It just goes to show that, yeah, if you release the right thing for mobile, it's the biggest it's the biggest gaming platform on the planet if you can do it right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there we go. That's going to do it for the gaming news of the week, Hooch. Cool. Boom. All right, so if you did enjoy uh, what we did this week, make sure you go and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcast. Uh, tell your friends how to find the show. If you really want to help support us, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Pod. Uh, join the Discord on discord.me forward slash ANR. Um, maybe owned by Microsoft soon. We'll be talking about that very soon. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, we forgot something very important at the top of the show, being the game episode oh. too, by the way. Well, uh, well, well there, there was a segment missing. There was a segment missing that we didn't do the community penalty for losing in the Patreon stream. Uh, but we didn't. That's right, motherfuckers. We didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it ended up being close. So we had uh, best of five series this morning. It was uh, Judas won two from two at the start. We're all like, oh, here we go again. Judas is picking whatever we have to do. And uh, yeah, I won the back three. So uh, good news for everyone. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Was oh, no, times, I only won actually. the back two, didn't I? Uh, you won the, well, you, we, you and I tied for one and that counted. Yeah. 
Yes, that's right. So, oh, then did I win the next two today? Then you won the next two. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there you go, ladies and gents. Another week of A&R Gaming News. Hope you had a great time. Uh, thanks very much to Hooch. Not a problem. Uh, he will be back next week. Uh, we, uh, two more episodes this week uh, with Nerdy News and also our uh, Winter Falcon or whatever the fuck we call that now. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Cheers. <laughs>